But we're going to continue on in this second part because I believe uh, that the best is yet to come for us too. I believe the best is yet to come for new life. I, I, am, I have seen over the last 12 years, we have seen uh, God uh, take a handful of people and just connect more and more people, and we've seen God do some amazing things. Uh, we've seen uh, not only new people come and new people connect, we've seen uh, the campus just change and uh, new things happen on our campus. We've seen new ministries uh, tapped into new places that we can, we can send missions, and uh, so we're seeing new things happen all the time, and so we do believe that the best is yet to come for us, and I, I, will, I will reiterate that what we're raising the money for for this make a room make room campaign this is just the first phase i've got some preliminary drawings for another building uh that'll go out in front of this one and so that's yeah that's a that's a that's a little bit down that's that's not a six month plan okay uh that's a little bit longer than six months but uh but what we've got this first phase is is definitely going to help us especially with our small groups uh to be able to create space in, in the, about the next six months and and we're excited about that we're excited about the possibilities of having space for new people to connect and so we are hopeful in that. Uh, now, how many of you would say that, you know what, I am a hopeful person? You just, you know, you just kind of approach life that, that, that way, you know. Um, I don't know about the rest of you. Maybe you're just kind of pessimistic. Pessimist? You know, you're not, I'm not, you're not even raising your hand. If I ask you to, you know, I'm not putting my hand up. It's probably some ploy to get me to do something. So, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm not only a pessimist, I'm skeptical, Right. Uh, you, man, that's not a, that's not all. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical at times too, um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I feel like I'm a hopeful person, uh, or I have hopeful moments, uh, and I like to string those moments together. Uh, but I want to talk to you about hope today. I want us to look at hope, and I want us to look at what um, Scripture has to say about hope. Now, I was reading an article from a psychologist by the name of Dr. Susan Phillips, and uh, she was just recounting just some of her res of, of her studies uh, at a, uh, from a couple of research studies that were done on the uh, idea of hope that peop uh, scientists have been studying hope and not in the sense of just like biblical hope but just like hope in general you know what does hope do for us and they found that uh, hope in and of itself is is powerful it's extremely powerful, and, and the two studies that she was referencing, the first study was this. She recounted a study that was done on 64 veterans. Uh, these veterans were diagnosed with PTSD, and what the study showed was that those um, had, who had uh, higher levels of hope, midway through the study, uh, they found that they had lower, uh, lower measures of PTSD and depression. Uh, so the greater the hope... Uh, the lower the PTSD effects and depression that they experienced. And this is just in that one study that they did. And so we can see that hope is powerful. And basically she said that hope is a powerful thing for us, not only psychological, but it's, it's, it, hope is a powerful thing for our physiology. It's, it, it's powerful to, to help even change our body and how our body responds. And, and so, so that was the first study that, that she was recounting. But she saw there was another study that she was recounting, just kind of the, um, the results from. This other study took um, a group of about 21,000 people uh, from six different countries, and it was over a period of three years. They, they studied these, these 21,000 people, and they looked at people that were trapped in a cycle of poverty. And what they found was that these people suffered from despair. 
they suffered from low self-esteem and uh, they basically were just, they had a, a, a sense of hopelessness that I'm never getting out of this. This is always going to be my plight. Nothing's going to get better. And what they did was they uh, took these people and either they gave them a goat or they gave them a beehive. And what they found was amazing that just giving them a goat or a beehive uh, helped uh, their outlook. It said that, that these people, that they, they experienced a boost in self-esteem and they also had a lot, their life circumstances begin to change for the better. And not only during this three-year period of study, what they found was that it was a perpetual thing, that, that hope continued to perpetuate um, just this self-esteem in their life and a better life circumstances for them when they begin to look and see things can get better. There is hope for things to change. And so hope is powerful. Hope is powerful, and we should know that, right? We should know that as people who profess Jesus, if you are, a, how many of you guys, you say, I'm a Christ follower. You know, if you're a Christ follower, if you profess Jesus, we are hopeful people. Um, as Christians, we have a reason to be hopeful, don't we? Right? How many of you say, I have a reason to be hopeful? As Christians, we have a reason to be hopeful. So when we start looking at, um, literally, we are the people who the best is yet to come the for, the, for us, right? I mean, Christians are literally the people of the best is yet to come. We, we live that way. We have hope that way. We understand that mo no matter what we face in this world, the challenges we may face in this life, we believe that God's got better for us. And, and we, we find that in Scripture. So I want us to go to Philippians chapter 1, and let's, let's begin reading um, Philippians chapter 1. We find Paul, as he writes to the church in Philippi, he, uh, he kind of starts his letters in, in, in this way. He, he has a greetings, and then if you look at the end of his letters, he has kind of these salutations. So we kind of get through the greetings, and, and he starts with this prayer. And he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine uh, for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure, how I many of you know that uh, you can be sure of something, you know? Uh, and maybe your Bible says this. Maybe it says, it says, I am confident. Maybe that's what your translation says. It really means the same thing, that if you're confident, you're sure. He's sure of this. He's confident in this. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at that day of Jesus Christ. Come on, how I many know that's good news right there? I mean, that's awesome. I love that. That he who started a good work in you is going to see it all the way through to the end. And so we are a people who have a reason to be hopeful that God has started a good work. And we know that God's not going to leave us hanging. How many of you have ever been left hanging by somebody? Maybe they started something, they started a job, they promised you something, and then they left you hanging, right? And they couldn't, they couldn't uh, you know, God's not that person. God's not like that. So when God begins to do something good in your life, he is going to see it all the way through your life. And we, we, we see this through Scripture. We see this through um, people in the New Testament. We see it through people in the Old Testament. The people in the Old Testament, who were they? They were the, the children of Israel. And what did God do? God 
chose one man and and then he took that one man and he he chose his family and that family became a tribe and that tribe became a nation and that nation became a great people and God started somewhere um, to bless a a man and it kind of worked its way outward and so what did God do God called a people and when God called a people God did what he gave them a promise and what did God do God moved them toward that promise and that's what I love that, that we see early on in Scripture that we can be people of the best is yet to come. That when God makes a promise, God moves us toward that promise. You know, now we have to move with God, and we can go do our own thing, say, God, I don't like what you're doing, so I'm not going to move with you. Then you're starting to move into something that's less than best, right? When you're moving to your own plan, that's less than best. But when we move to God's plan, when we move with the Holy Spirit, when, when we move in sync with what God wants to do, what we begin to find is God moves us toward his plan. God moves us toward his promises. And God moves us toward what he wants to see in our life. And so we see that through the children of Israel. And this is a story. The children of Israel is a story of the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And so we are those people. We are Jesus' people. We are hope people. We are hope dealers. And, and we deal out this hope because we believe that we are people who have a purpose. And God has given us the best is yet to come. Now, something I, I want to do this morning is I want to um, make a distinction because you may be thinking, well, hope is great, and I feel like I'm an optimistic person. Anybody, how many optimists do we have in here? Optimists, raise your hand. You shouldn't be afraid to do that, okay? You know, optimistic people unite, all right? Um, and so... But I believe that there's a difference between hope and optimism. I believe that when you start looking at hope and optimism, there are two different things, and, and I want us to look at that real quick. Um, optimism is a, general, is a general good feeling about what may happen, right? If you're optimistic about something, you say, I feel pretty good about this. I feel pretty good about my chances, right, of this being a good thing for me. You know, maybe, um, you know, you're, you're buying a new car. You know, and you're feeling pretty good about your chances that it's not going to turn out to be a lemon. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Except for those people who have bought lemons before, right? <laughs> you know, and you had to make lemonade at it. Actually, you probably had to start a lemonade stand to pay for it, you know. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you, you, we, we do things. We feel pretty good of, about, about our chances, and we're op- optimistic. Now, Yesterday started um, football season, or I guess the week before started started college football. Come on, somebody, let me hear you. Yeah, yeah. All right, those are people that live, the, the, all the other people hate football. Okay, and they're groaning. Uh, but if you're a football fan and your your team has played, you know, and and probably you went into yesterday and you kind of had your fingers crossed, like I feel good about today. I feel good. I feel good about my chances. Now, if you're a Georgia Tech fan like I am and, and, and John Hopkins are, we're not feeling too good about our chances. You know, um, we, we understand reality. We are people that live squarely in, in reality, and so we are not optimistic. But for the rest of you guys, uh, you're optimistic. You went into Saturday with your fingers crossed saying, yes, I feel good about my chances. Yes, my team is going to win. I, I really do believe they've got a good chance. And maybe your team just, you, they, you know, you blew it out like Georgia. Congratulations, Georgia, on your win yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to say, but congratulations. Uh, mark it down. I probably will never say it again. So, but then, then there are some of you that, that your hopes were dashed, right? Um, and, and see, that's, that's why I say, you know, hope, we look at hope a little bit different 
in, in Western culture. Um, hope is, for us, is kind of, my fingers crossed, I, I hope it works out, or I hope this can happen, or I hope I get that, that, that pay raise, or I hope something's going to come good my way. And it's fingers crossed, and it's, it's different than biblical hope. Biblical hope is different. Biblical hope is not fingers crossed, maybe it's going to work. Biblical hope is more sure than that. Thank God it's more sure than that. And it's, it's not us having to cross our fingers. You know, and, 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 and what optimism is, it's, it's a good feeling, and it's basically a pattern of positive thinking. And you need that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think we need more people thinking positively. Even the Apostle Paul thought that because he told us, he says, there are things that he wanted us to think on. He said, things that are excellent, things that are praiseworthy. Uh, he said, think on these things, you know. So think positive, think a positive route. Think positive thoughts in a way. And so that's not bad that's a good thing but this is more than just positive thinking hope is more than just optimism and, and a pattern of positive thinking um, that's good but but we need something that is biblical so what is biblical hope and that's what I want us to look at biblical hope is different hope in scripture means this it means no matter what happens I am confident that a good God is working to make his plan happen that's what hope is. That's what biblical hope is. No matter what happens, I am confident. I am sure of this. And is that not what Paul said? Paul said this. He said, I am sure, I am confident that he who began a good work in you is going to complete that work. He's going to see it all the way through. And so that hope, that confidence that Paul is talking about, it's different than our Western culture kind of maybe it'll happen kind of fingers crossed kind of deal. We find that if we go to Psalm chapter 71, Psalm chapter 71, let's go there. Psalm chapter 71. And David, this is a psalm of David, and, and this is what David, he, he, he wrote this. He said, for you, O Lord, are my, what? Hope. You are my hope. Not that just God gives him hope. See, we think, God, you give me hope. David says this, God, you don't just give me hope. You are my hope. You are the embodiment of that. It's not just the gift of something that you put into my life. You are the embodiment of my hope. And so you, O oh Lord, are my hope, my trust, O oh Lord, from my youth. This word hope is a Hebrew word. It's called botat. And, and basically uh, it means to adhere or to melt into. Some, if anybody ever melted something into something else, right? At some point, you can't figure out where one started and the other stopped, and it just kind of all got mashed together. It's almost like in the sense of welding. Anybody, you know what welding is? And, and so you take these metals, and you're kind of melting them down, and they're, they're coming together. Um, I, the pastor that I used to work for in, in Jessup, uh, before he was a pastor, he was a welder at Rainier uh, plant over over in Jessup and he would brag about how good of a welder he was and he said he was such a good welder that he could weld a coca-cola bottle to a pine tree that's pretty good <laughs> that's pretty good some of y'all just kind of looking at me like you don't know anything about welding so you don't know that's not possible people okay <laughs> He, but he, he said he was that good. He said he was that good of a welder. Uh, and, and so it's this idea of melting one into the other. That's the kind of hope and confidence that David says, God, my hope, you are my hope. I am melting myself into you. I, I, I embrace everything of who you are. You 
are my hope. Al Capone, anybody remember Al Capone, who Al Capone is? Anybody remember watching the Geraldo special uh, about he, Al, he was going to open Al Capone's vault? Anybody remember that? I was a kid, and I was watching. I sat there all day, all night long. I was watching, and I opened it up, and there was nothing in there. I was like, this is a bust. You know, but, but Al Capone, Al Capone, uh, he owned, um, not only owning all of Chicago, but he owned, uh, he owned this racetrack. In Chicago, these and he would, they would race these greyhounds, and Al Capone uh, would feed all the dogs um, a greasy hamburger before the race. He would feed all the dogs a greasy hamburger except one. You know which one uh, he put his money on to win the race? He was confident. That dog was going to win the race. Why was he confident? Because he knew what was going to happen to the other dogs. They were going to have stomach issues, right? They were going to be sluggish. They were going to be slow. And that one dog that he did not feed was going to run, you know, crazy. And he, he put his money on him. He was confident uh, that his dog was going to win. So we can have confidence in our God. We can have confidence that when um, God says, hey, I'm working a good work in you, we know that he's going to see it through. We know that the best is yet to come. And, and we can be that kind of people that, God, once you start something in me, you're going to see it through. Now, how many of you have ever been lied to? You know, yeah, all of us have been lied to. But see, there's been, probably all of us have been lied to, not just by people, but Satan lies to us all the time. He says, you can't keep this up. You're not going to see the end. And there are lies that the enemy tries to feed us, and there are lies that the enemy tries to get us to believe, and there are things that the enemy tries to beat us up with. But what we've got to remind ourselves is this. Just like David, he says, for God, O oh Lord, you are my hope. And when I remind myself that God is my hope, it is not dependent on man. It is not dependent on me. It is not dependent on anybody else that God is my hope. He's going to see it through. I don't have to see it through because God's going to see it through. If he starts something good in me, I'm just going to follow his plan. I'm going to follow his voice. I'm going to follow his leading. And he's going to see it through. He's, he's, we see this. There's, a, there's a, a Catholic priest by the name of Father Richard John Newhouse. And he distinguished hope and optimism uh, by this. He said this. He said, optimism is a matter of optics. Of seeing what you want to see and not seeing what you don't want to see. Hope, on the other hand, is a Christian virtue. It is the unblinking acknowledgement of all that militates against hope and the unrelenting refusal to despair. We have not the right to despair, and finally, we have not the reason to despair. And I wholeheartedly believe that. I have no reason to despair because God is my hope. I have no reason to, to, to look and say my future is bleak because God is my future. God is not only in my future, God is my future. And my hope is in him. And so we can be a people of hope. We can be, embody that, that idea of we are the people of the, the best is yet to come. That's who we are. We are not this. We are not fingers crossed Christians hoping, okay, is it going to happen or is it not going to happen? We are hand-raised believers saying, God, we trust you. God, we put our faith in you. We put our hope in you. God, we are confident. And if you said it's going to happen, we believe it's going to happen because you make the things happen that, that seem impossible. God, you do the miraculous. We sang a song about miracles a little earlier, you know, and sometimes we say, can miracles happen? If there's a God in heaven, miracles can happen. If there's a God that spoke this world into existence, miracles can happen. And so I believe that if God says it, that we can believe it. 
and we can put our hope and confidence in him. We believe the best is yet to come. I'll ask Pastor Trent to come play. See, I don't, I don't just believe this for New Life Church. See, I, I believe this for your family too. I believe this for you personally. I believe that you can be a person of the best is yet to come. Whether we're talking about your family and, and parenting, whether we're talking about your career, whether we're talking about, and I'm not saying that you won't have challenges. I'm not saying that there won't be hard times. I'm not saying there won't be bad things happen. Because Jesus even told us that. He said, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble and tribulation. He said, but take heart. Take heart. I, talking about him, talking about Christ, talking about God himself, he said, I have overcome the world. And if he has overcome, he's taking us with him. When he overcomes, we're going to overcome too because we're going over with him. We are hopeful people. Not just because we're Christians, it's because our hope is in God. We are the people of the best is yet to come. Stand with me this morning. And that's how I want you to pray today. That's how I want you to pray. Maybe the enemy has tried to beat you down. Maybe there have been things you've listened to. Maybe there have been people you've listened to. And they've just tried to stop you at every turn. They've tried to drag you down, whether they mean to or not. This morning, I want you to remember who you are. I want you to remember whose you are. If you belong to Jesus, you belong to the people of the best is yet to come. You belong to the plan of the best is yet to come if you belong to Christ. Because that's our destination. That's, that's our hope. This world is falling apart. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in something better than this world. Our hope is in the person of Jesus. And so when we hope in Jesus, the best is yet to come. So that's how I want you to pray today. I want you to pray that prayer for you, you personally. I want you to pray that prayer for your family. I want you to pray that prayer for your sons. I want you to pray that prayer for your daughters. I want you to pray that prayer for, for what God is leading you into. If it's a business, if it's a career, whatever that is, I want you to pray that, God, wherever you're leading me, I believe that you're leading me into something good. And that doesn't mean there won't be challenges and there won't be giants and, and devils to fight. But, God, you go before me. The same God who has changed your past. How many of you, you're not the same person you used to be? Come, come. How many of you are not the same person that you used to be? And that's a good thing, right? God has brought you somewhere. He's moved you from where you used to be to where you're at now. But let me tell you this. He is not done with you. Paul has told us, he says, the good work that has started in you, he's going to see it all the way through. And so we are a people on the move. We are a people headed.